Big line, go up. Big line? Oh, yeah. Big line, go up. Big line, go up. Damn, that's crazy. But also, let me just say that the big line go up news, it's not an overstatement because they do say, like, it's not like they're not comparing it to other dates. But, like, it's all part of the greater... God, these mouth sounds. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's not it's ASMR. It's very wet. It's just very wet mouth sounds. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. Uh-huh. I didn't even think about that. Okay, wait. I'm, I'm going to pause right there. Okay, I'm recording again now. Okay. And it's... I think the levels are all leveled, so... I think we should be good to go. I mean, it's, again, a little hard to tell because... Oh, wait. Maybe I can move my laptop. Ah, okay. Yeah, my levels look okay. Levels, levels. There's levels to this podcasting game, and we're here to talk about them. As soon as Al is done doing whatever she's doing. Do you need my levels, too? No, your levels are done. Oh. Good. I already did yours first. You're just doing yours? No, they're done. Oh, yours are done, too? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought the you levels were doing, are done. <laughs> I thought you were doing your levels, too. No, no. Okay, cool. They're done. Great. Perfect. I mean, hopefully. I think they're done. I think I think I'm good. Uh-huh. I think I sound good. I'm mm-hmm. just a quiet talker, I think. And then I try to overcompensate by turning up the input and then... Mm-hmm. Then it's too loud? And then it's too... I don't know. Oh. Okay, I can't look at you. I'm going to have to turn away. <coughs> I can't look. I can't, I can't even look at you. Jesus. We're doing a new setup because our audio guy told us our... Really, Al? On the podcast? <laughs> yes. This is like that... Um, I don't know if we watched the, the this part of the Flat Earth documentary, because it uh-huh. might have been at the beginning, but there's a part where he's showing a video from a Flat Earther, and like half of the video, the guy's like, hang on, I'm going to take a bong hit. Oh, hell like, yeah. Like, on, right, right, right. on the video, I was like, hell yeah, that's professionalism right there. Mm-hmm. I respect that. Me too, thank Nothing you. but respect for our Flat Earthers. Yeah. No. I don't respect Flat Earthers. Oh, well. No, sorry. Very interesting, though, to learn about Flat Earthers in the documentary. Yeah. The, the one, did you see the one on Netflix, too? About Flat Earth? Flat Earthers? Yeah. No. Oh, that one. It was wild. No, I only watched, I only watched documentaries on YouTube, Al. Yeah, I only watch documentaries that are made by independent <laughs> uh-huh. YouTube documentarians, video it's, essayists. It is a great cult essay, or uh, video. Netflix, the one on Netflix is really oh. good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is it a, it's like from the framework of it being a cult. I mean, it to dot, me, dot, dot. yes, to, yes, uh-huh. it is, yes, it's because it, it talks more about the cult of personalities. Ah, uh, yes, inside the of grifters, it. The, yes, rather the vast than, economy of grifters that yeah. develops around these. Though it was sad because it's all sad. Al. It, it is sad. These are all like old, depressed, divorced people, like yeah, who are dying alone. Like it's a miserable cult. Well, that was the thing with the flat Earth people. Uh, is that the people who were, the way they showed it anyway, is that these people are miserable in the sense of, like, clearly, I don't know, like you said, your life is lonely and isolated, and some people seemed like, I don't know, just so happy to be part of something, which is the part well, that was the, so sad. That's it's like literally part how of people get into any kind earth. of extremist anything, but especially these, like, cults, as we are discussing today. Yes. Is... Through social engagement, social connection. That's like the most powerful, intoxicating substance mm-hmm. to the human brain is feeling like you're part of something. Yeah. And you're accepted. We have a really deep 
psychological, physiological, emotional need mm-hmm. to be accepted socially mm-hmm. because we are pro-social creatures mm-hmm. and we have evolved to want that because historically it's kept us safe. Yeah. Historically in the evolutionary context. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And that's why whiteness is so fucked up. Yeah. That's literally why. <laughs> that's <laughs> why whiteness is counter to humanity in uh-huh. like the most fundamental ways. That lack of empathy and like literally. individualism, colonial imperialist mindset. What is it like for you to look at me through the <laughs> mirror? Because I am... Like we're five clubbing each other. It's so bizarre. So it's very so, dear weird. listeners, we're uh-huh. we're coming to you from a new audio setup because our audio guy told us that our old audio setup sucked. He didn't say that. He was a lot more uh-huh. diplomatic mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Caleb, you can edit that out. Um, but we have a new audio setup, and the new audio setup involves us not looking at each other, but and also we're in a different room. So first of all, you might hear more background noise because we're in a different room. Um, I'm literally sitting in between these big bay windows, so like every angle of street noise that could possibly be mm-hmm. here is here. And also, we live across the street from a place where helicopters are regularly landing, uh-huh. like multiple times a day. So, sorry in advance. Um, uh-huh. But my room is also covered in mirrors. I've got one. I feel like you said helicopter, Two, and now I hear a helicopter. Oh, I summoned it. I'm a very God, powerful yeah. witch. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, wait. One, two, three, four. Five, six, seven. Okay, so not counting the bathroom mirror. Mm-hmm. I have seven mirrors in my room. Mm-hmm. And so right now, Al and I are gazing into each other's <laughs> eyes from inside one of those mirrors. Uh, yeah, um, but you're like sitting in front of me, but with your back turned to me. Oh, it's probably much creepier for you. It's so... I feel like I'm just looking at you face... I'm like looking at you I'm face I'm having face. like a Alice in Wonderland moment. Well, I kind of am too, but yeah. it's a little less like... Uh, I don't know, horror movie. It like, feels very horror movie. Yeah, like, I feel like you're going to turn around and then you in the mirror. I was going to say, right, my head's going to spin around on its axis. Well, so that's, again, yeah. it's yeah, very yeah. polyvagal. It feels really weird to not see someone's face when you're talking to them. It's yeah. uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, but we're going to get through it. If I don't make eye contact, it's because I'm tripping out. You're disturbed. So. <laughs> you're too disturbed. <laughs> so we want to start the episode with we are talking about calls today, but we want to start the episode with the first question we received. Well, no, we want to start the episode with a bunch of bullshit. And then well, now we've yes. done that. Now so the next that. second order of business, uh-huh. Al, is take it the, away. Is the email. <laughs> is the email. Do you have it? No, oh. actually. Oh, I'm so, so sorry. I have to do everything around here. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry. I don't have that Sorry, email let me take my, my laptop phone. that I'm using to record the episode <laughs> I know, I and minimize that screen to pull up. <sighs> You're right. It's ridiculous. I apologize. It's ridiculous. I'm carrying this entire yeah. show on my back. Yeah, I'm sorry. You wouldn't have an Instagram without me. <laughs> That's true. That's true. The content, though. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, Al's the meme curator. If anyone's ever wondering who's posting, it's probably Al. It's, admin it's probably Al. Admin. I don't like social media. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm online. Al's logged in. I am logged in. I'm logged Al in right finds now. it more rewarding than I than I, I find, find it. So rewarding. Yeah. Al finds it more reinforcing. I don't find anything reinforcing. Oh. So that's. I, I really prefer staying in touch with people in the pandemic through Instagram. It is my, I think, my favorite, outside of, if, like, direct contact. Yeah, it's my favorite medium. Yeah, because you can't read or write, so it's, you just send It's pictures. pictures. You just send just pictures. pictures. <laughs> um, yeah, for anyone who doesn't know. Uh, Al can't read or write. <laughs> I can't spell. I can't. 
I can read. I can't spell and I can't talk. I love that we've gotten to a place where I forced you to say the words I can read on this podcast. You have a master's degree. I literally have a master's degree. Uh, I have a whole yeah, thesis. you can fucking read. Uh, but I can't. But I, honestly, I can't spell. Do you think that our listeners think I mean? <laughs> yes. It's a funny joke. It is funny. This is all a joke. I think this is one of those big blind spots that probably is shocking to other people that it's a blind spot for me. It shocks me that people perceive me as mean. That you could actually really be mean. I'm not mean at all. The right. reason it's funny is because I'm not mean. Yeah. But that's not always how it goes. No, I know. Sometimes it just... It's also, frankly, this is my mom's sense of humor. My mom's sense of humor is just uh-huh. to, to be mean. I learned from the best. I told you that Uh she came into my room once when I was in high school, Uh and she was like, wake up. And I was like, what? And she was like, your uncle died. And I was like, what? And she was like, just kidding. They got Osama bin Laden. Nuh-uh. Yes, huh? No. Yes, huh? About Osama bin Laden? She was like, LOL, good night. (laughs) Deuces. Wait. My mom's nuts. Wait. (laughs) Knock, knock. America. Wake up. Wake up. Your uncle's dead. What? 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 I also only have two uncles, so I was like, fuck, which one of my two uncles is who are both under 50 died? Like, Jesus Christ. Like, why is that? I don't know. I can't explain to you what the joke is. <laughs> like, I don't know, but she definitely laughed. She cackled. She laughed. She cackled all the way back to her room. She's, She's like, like you know what would be funny. Oh my god, you're gonna be so funny if I told my 16-year-old that... Or how old was I when I was... When did they get Osama? <laughs> I was a youth. Cause Grandma, do you remember when they got Osama? Um, <laughs> where were you? It was a long time ago. <laughs> they got I just, him. They I got actually him, do. Isn't it sad that I know exactly where I was, though? Because I know exactly where I was. I was in well, bed. <laughs> okay, but that is like, <laughs> that is a thing you would remember no matter what the punchline was, because that is weird. <laughs> That's weird. I don't know what you The punchline for me is just imperialism. I remember it. You know, like. Oh, TBT imperialism. TBT. The TBT that goes on forever. I just remember it specifically because. That never ends. Yes. It goes on and on. I just just remember either my dad or Mr. Greg, like, standing in front of the TV in that very, like, dad stance. You know what I mean? And being like. No, I did. They got with no (laughs) men anywhere in my house, Al. I don't know that stance at all. I grew up on the island of the Amazons. I've never uh, seen a dad standing in front of a TV. I grew up on dad country. Dad island. <laughs> dad stand with their feet slightly. I'm going to stand up and do it just oh, to show you. okay. You guys but you can't stand with. Should I take a picture for the Instagram? No. Oh. Every, I, not everybody, but I think people know what I'm talking about. But it's just like this. You like really like. They do that? Yes. Why? So you like stand with your feet a little spread with apart. With your hands behind your, hands your back? Behind like your you're back, at, like your hands at church or like a mob meeting or yes. something? Yes. Uh, hmm. And you kind of wobble around and you observe and you look about. Weird. And I remember them looking at the TV and being like, yeah, what's wrong with Joe? Who watches TV standing up? That's Dads. psychotic. That's Dads. psychotic. That's psychotic. Dads. Me. Strange male behavior. I don't know. Male trait. I'm sorry for these mouth. Am I, am I mouthing it? Yes, you are. Sorry, I keep forgetting. You're doing your disgusting mouth sound. I'm eating a strawberry. You're hitting the bong. You're eating strawberries. All right, what's the question? You want to do? You want to vacuum too, Al? Anything else you want to do <laughs> while we got the mics on? You want to slurp a milkshake? The very last part of it. 
Okay, what? I drank your tea. Oh. Okay. We uh, really got off the rails. Okay. Stop messing with my post-its. I can hear it on the mic. <laughs> and they're my post-its. <laughs> this is a terrible setup. There's just too many things around for me to play with. <laughs> Who has time. ADHD now? I know. I'm my own special kind. Okay, so what is the question? Oh. See? We each, we each get... To be ADHD. Um, but thank you to um, to Pal okay, Brittany. It. Oh, is Shout this a, out. Is this a pal of yours? Pal. Hey, Brittany. Um, Brittany's a friend of the pod. Yeah, friend of the pod. And I just want to say, Brittany, you signed your email anxiously, which I love. Oh. Um, and also, the first two paragraphs or like lines of your of your email are first of all comma and then first of all uh colon Uh um so you do sound a little anxious so Uh first of all Brittany, before we even read your question i hope you're having a less anxious day today you do something kind for yourself Mm -hmm. so you're listening right now maybe take Mm -hmm. a moment and just you know check in with your posture and Mm -hmm. with your breath and if you're not Brittany, you're also welcome to do that but Brittany Mm -hmm. especially i just Mm -hmm. think it sounds like you could use it yeah okay no, Brittany works hard. Brittany. I th- clearly. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about Brittany's questions. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hello, exclamation point. Mm-hmm. First of all, comma. Mm-hmm. I've adored the... Pr- oh, I can skip that part. That's just for us. That's compliments. Oh. Okay, oh. the two questions. Thank you for the compliments. <laughs> Thank you so much for the compliments. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, colon. That's the second first of all. Um, what are your thoughts on capitalizing your passions? What does that look like for you two? Is it possible to sustain love for something if you become dependent on it to live? Is the alternative, M dash, working some nine to five, some shitty nine to five or part time job and doing your art slash passion slash et cetera on the side, M dash, comparably mm-hmm. awful? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Secondly, what do you think about work life balance? For me, I find that I'm working so much that I'm desperately trying to stuff things in my weekends that the quote unquote real me enjoys outside of work, but it becomes labor in itself to rob myself of rest in an attempt to jam all of my hobbies and interested interests into the limited free, more air quotes. Mm-hmm. time that I have ellipses mm-hmm. I'm gonna all the punctuation mm-hmm. no 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 um, I, I think that they'll appreciate that um but the other side of me worries that these passions that make me me will disappear if I don't practice them whenever I can anxiously Brittany mm. you signed it your last name Brittany but I don't know if you want us to expose you like that on yeah the I was thinking about that too I'm not trying to give too much away out yeah. here on the podcast but yeah. uh not gonna tell y'all how to spell Brittany either mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no 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 we're anonymizing this data yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. except for you said she was a pal but i have a lot of pals do you have a lot of pals named Brittany? i don't know well Brittany, maybe we perhaps not the real name this has been a oh yeah it was all a this was a long con <laughs> long con <laughs> we've been lying okay. the whole time i'm not halen that's not al i mean i'm having that moment did we say our names did we say the name of the podcast? <laughs> I don't think so because I just keep looking at you in this mirror. And I can't. Uh, well, I'm I'm Al. I'm Hal, <laughs> and I'm Aylin, and this is Lemotional <laughs> Yaber. <laughs> Woo! Okay, so the first question was like. Uh, Remind me again. It was about, like, passions. How, how can you do what What are you your love? thoughts on capitalizing on your passion? Uh-huh. And then the second question was, how do you have free time? So those are the same questions. Yeah. Because the question that you're asking is, how do I experience joy 
in mm-hmm. a world that has commodified not only Everything. my body, but my time, yeah. my mental energy, yeah. my somatic experience of the world. Like, how do I do that in a way that it allows me to sustain life mm-hmm. uh, in a system that is fundamentally incompatible to life? Mm-hmm. And to that I say, I don't know. It's, <laughs> like, very hard. It's very like, hard. I don't know that I have the answer. The extent to which I have the answers is the extent to which I've been lucky in my life, I think. Like, yeah. to be able to find little gaps in the in the fabric that have allowed me to, I think, set my life up the way that I, I would like for it to be. Uh-huh. Uh, in spite of all, yeah. all odds. <laughs> in spite of all odds. And not have a job. Like, to be, I mean, I say this as someone who, for whom financial security is, like, a very recent and also very theoretical thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I made it through a decade of being financially independent in New York by the virtue of lots of credit cards mm-hmm. and rotating credit card debt mm-hmm. and, you know, working a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably doing a little bit of redacted, redacted. Don't mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. me, IRS. So, <laughs> like, you know, that. And then it was also the question of, like, how do you feel about capitalizing on your Well, passions? right. Like, the ethical piece of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, ethical and also I think just like experiential. Like mm-hmm. that if you're doing the thing that you love for money, do you stop loving it because mm. the experience of it is now your experience of work? Like yeah. You put on the same. I mean, it's something I see actually with my coaching clients a lot. Mm-hmm. Where um I have a couple of coaching clients who are using 2020 weirdness as an mm-hmm. opportunity to kind of like start their projects that they've been excited about mm-hmm. or make a shift in their career stuff because they're realizing now that all they do is is their job they're mm-hmm. like wait I fucking hate my job and I don't want to do it anymore mm-hmm. and I can't tell you how many times I've like talked somebody through the experience of like okay you have made this decision to change what your work is because work is killing you yeah mm-hmm. why have you brought with you all oh. of the practices yes, all of the habits the beliefs yes. that you had in that job like why are you creating stress in this thing that mm-hmm. and I know the reason why is yeah. that like money. Well, money yeah. and also I think for a lot of us like it's very hard to separate the mm-hmm. emotional experience of suffering and the like mm-hmm. m- personal identifier of discipline or like hard mm-hmm. work or responsibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's very hard for people I speaking as somebody for whom like I feel like pleasure has always in my youth been something that was like demonized and shit like you shouldn't be pleasure seeking you know what I mean like you're not entitled to that and it's bad to be pleasure seeking and the things that you find pleasurable are also wrong and gross yeah exactly your pleasure is inherently gross and and the things you like are gross and if you want to be comfortable and Mm -hmm. you want to have a nice time it's because you're lazy it's because you're naive it's because you're stupid it's because yeah all those things um no I mean I feel like part of that tension is will never be relieved until there is no longer money, too. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, the I am thinking about it with my own practice of, like, we've talked about it, of, like, why did I book a day where I feel mm-hmm. exhausted or, like, I've went beyond my, right. my schedule? And part of that for me in this moment, because I'm transitioning to freelancing, is the, the money piece of, like, right. well, I want to be so available right. so that, like, because I can't turn down any client. I, I can't don't turn down any, any clients. Yeah. And for me, the ethical piece, like specifically around mental health, is like, 
I don't want uh, it's 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 always this thing of like I am passionate or like I see myself very authentically as someone who in my like cares about people yeah, yeah. And, and as someone who wants to do like healing work as like yeah, my work you shouldn't have to pay anyone you shouldn't have to pay me like and that's the part that's like I will never feel okay with that well and I think on big, some level like big, that the boundary has to be established with something like money I yeah. think I think the boundaries have to exist in that like or exchange or, an exchange and yeah. that there's like like I don't I don't mean now everybody's everybody's thing and like we're all I don't know like not in a like now you're everyone's therapist? Yes. You're not everybody's therapist. Yes. You're not there's, my therapist. Right, exactly. Like, there's still a difference. and But I also don't like how money characterizes most exchanges because of, yeah, it's just, Well, because money always, is stupid and meaningless. Can you yes. please read the social meaning of money so we can talk about it on our... You just talked about how I can't read. Well, prove me wrong, Al. <laughs> okay. Get that Aries, get that Aries sun going. Oh prove me wrong. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. No. I think mm. it's. I. I think even just hearing you talk through that is making me realize there's also a big difference in how you and I have coped with. I think answering the same question mm-hmm. from very different perspectives, which mm-hmm. is like my answer to this question is how have I managed to make the things that I do for money also things that I enjoy doing without hating the things that I enjoy doing um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. by charging a lot of money for the things <laughs> that I do so yeah. I don't have to do them super often right. and I can be a lot more picky about how I do them. Yeah. And like... Which is actually... A, it, it is a great method in some ways in the sense of like that's how good boundaries work. Well, and the reason why it, I think it... The reason why I'm here and you're there uh-huh. is because you have a safety net. Well, yeah. You have you have a worst case scenario. You know, if you can't buy groceries, there's yes. there's a place where you can get that resource. Yes, yes. So it makes sense that for you, mm-hmm. like I think if I had that in my life, I wouldn't feel like I need to mm-hmm. charge people my full rate mm-hmm. all the time or like right. Most it's like of the a time. level of my need is already is so met. It's right. like I can't. There, there is a, a more of an ethical thing there, which I think speaks to both of us having our Pisces in the second house uh, and mm-hmm, having a really mm-hmm. emotional relationship to money, and mm-hmm. also not really thinking it's real because it's yes, not. It's not. The economic anthropology classes that I took in college mm-hmm. were probably the most like radicalizing experiences that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, did I ever tell you that story of like being in my value debt risk seminar? Mm. And it was like half anthro majors and half econ majors. Mm-hmm. And we, I forget what text we were discussing, but we're like discussing this text. Also, when I say half and half, I mean this is a six-person class, so mm-hmm. like three mm-hmm. and three. And we're like talking about this, maybe like midway through the semester, talking about this text. And one of these econ majors goes like, it almost sounds like the author is saying that like money isn't real. It like has no intrinsic value. And I literally had to like stifle laughter like I was like oh my god how have you made it this far this in the far, semester and you, and you didn't realize that's what we're t- that is the premise of what we're talking about <laughs> major assumption I'm so sorry uh-huh. bro it's right. not real big line go up it means nothing it means, it means nothing. nothing that's what this whole class is about <sighs> big line go up it means nothing nothing value means nothing debt means nothing risk means nothing mm-hmm. these are all constructions yes in our contemporary society constructions of white supremacy yes so to answer your question, um, I think figuring out how to live a life that is where your material needs get met and where you also like don't want to S word every day 
That is like so hard. It's and, really hard. And, and an inaccessible very, thing for most people. Well, it's a, I, I don't want to say, I don't know if I'd say it's inaccessible. I think it's an extraordinarily hard thing to find because it's an extraordinarily rare thing for people to feel entitled to. Well, and I think yeah, if you sure. don't feel entitled mm-hmm, to it mm-hmm. on some level, yeah. you're not going to do the things that would get you closer to it. Like, yeah. The, well, right, because if that were true, we could have revolution. You know what I mean? If people yeah. felt entitled to it, then we would have revolution. You could have it so much better. Because that is what we're entitled to at you this point. You could have it so much better. Yeah, like we are so entitled to fucking, like, hello. Like, if it was not just accepted as normal uh-huh. that the thing that you do for eight hours a day, five days a week, is uh-huh. something where you have to turn off your, like, emotional capacity mm-hmm. and if you don't do that you die like you starve to death because mm-hmm. you die because you mm-hmm. have no money mm-hmm. like that's not uh I think it would be really nice and convenient and easy if I could say like oh the answer to finding work-life balance is mm-hmm. to do this mm-hmm. or to do that mm-hmm. and the real answer is none of this is real so mm-hmm. the answer to how any one individual person who's listening to this episode is going to find that in their lives, I can't tell you what that's going to look like, except for I think it starts with feeling entitled to being happy mm-hmm. and like practicing what it feels like to feel entitled to being happy and then seeing what decisions you want to make in your life once you feel entitled mm-hmm. to being happy. Because that's going to tell you a lot more, I think, than me not knowing you, not knowing what your life is, yeah. being like, here's what work-life balance might look. I don't fucking know. There's no such thing as work-life balance. What is that? What yeah. is work-life balance? It doesn't. Yeah. Somebody explain it to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that and the entitlement. We're alive all the time. The, <laughs> we're alive. We are alive all the time. We're I don't stop living when I go to work. No, you do, though. That's what but, you said. Well, yes, <laughs> and that is You've got to balance that. That's nuts to me. The way to, to get me. through it is to balance that's it. That's nuts to me. Well, right. I mean, like you said, though, the piece of, like, the entitlement to being happy, that the reason I... I I don't want to say inaccessible, but the reason it feels that way is, like, to get people... Like, I feel like that's a part of the work that I do with people, is, like, mm-hmm. helping someone learn that they are actually entitled to feeling happy. Well, and teaching them the difference between feeling happy and feeling in control. Yes, those yes. those are different things. Yeah, there's lots to... There is lots, there's lots to, to unpack. Apart. Lots to unpack. But, like... Uh, there Maybe we'll drop the, a the lot self-care of yeah. slide or Self-care. Something. I mean, yeah. why is self-care, self-care so yeah, always uh, a major topic, too? Because there is, like, definitely a culture of people who don't care about themselves. It's not even in the, like, totally obvious way, but well, in how culture tells people not to. Right, and this, is, this actually gets us pretty neatly into the topic of today's episode also, yeah. because I think that fundamental unhappiness... Mm-hmm. like is a reality that cannot be denied mm-hmm. and that a really effective way to control people and manipulate them psychologically is to blame them for their own unhappiness and to yeah. say you're unhappy because you're doing something wrong yeah. like, and like you're not good and that's mm-hmm. why good things don't happen to you. Yeah. And so this idea of like self-care as a solution to capitalism, it's you're not going to self-care mm-hmm. and work-life balance and mindfulness meditate your way out of capitalism. No. No. No, that's not possible. No. And again, the extent like the extent to which I have ended up in a situation that I feel good about, it's yeah, it's been a lot of choices that I made intentionally mm-hmm. for reasons, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's been a lot of dumb luck. You too. Ever. Oh. Who among us so, um, walks around the luck. world without some amount of du- it's dumb luck to be alive? Yeah, hit the bong. That's a great time to dumb luck. Dumb luck, bro. No, I've had lots of dumb luck. As have we all. Yeah. I think there's something to be said for. Like, fun, fun, um, 
brain rewiring exercise if you're a person who thinks of yourself as unlucky Mm -hmm. is to like rewrite the narrative of your life from the perspective of all the things that all the lucky breaks you got all the things that went well for you literally because I promise you if you look for them they're Mm -hmm. there like they might be small they're there but they're there they're there yeah it's a helpful like you said rewiring reframing the brain no but yeah the idea that to to divorce people from like their happiness or from feeling like they could be happy or saying that like okay you want to be happy you're so unhappy do you Mm want to be happy do you know how to get happy right everything be unhappy for your whole life Uh and then there'll be pie in in the the sky sky. yeah Uh when you die yeah that's like religion that's a lie Uh uh-huh but you I probably d- said that on every episode of this stupid podcast. Probably. <laughs> and I say this at least once a day. Well, and I mean, there's also like... Mm, Ooh, that should be our, that should be our, our song. <laughs> our intro song. What? There'll be pie, pie in the sky. sky when but yeah. It's a lie. It's a lie. No, like, like the Nexium people, for example, they're capitalizing mm. on the same thing of like, are you unhappy? Here is a place where people are free from that religious bullshit. They're happy now. Yes. Scientology. Scientology. You're unhappy. You're messed up. Uh-huh. Here's a thing that will. I mean, how many of these cults start with something that is like using the seed of some kind of positive psychology thing? Yes. To be like, we've developed a system that will just smooth out your emotional smooth experience. Smooth brain. And your brain will be <laughs> no totally smooth. Wrinkles. And you're never like you. Uh, the promise of you're never going to have a negative emotion again. And if you do, you will know what to do to like neutralize it. Like you will be able to control your emotional state. Yeah. It promises this kind of like designer emotional life that I think in a lot of ways also the promise of capitalism. Like when mm-hmm. I was a kid, I very much had this idea of like, oh, someday if you like make the right series of choices, yeah, you will be happy. Yeah. And like it's this static state of like when you have a house yes. and a spouse and a good job and like yes. you know what I mean? You have, you're happy. You're happy. You're and then you're just every day you wake up and you're happy. Yeah. And then And you don't do anything. And there's no problems. No. Why would there be problems? Because you're happy. You've just like got everything. And you're happy because there's no problems. You're no problems because you're happy and you're happy because there's no problems. Which is on some level true. It's circular but it it's is, circular logic. Well, but it's it's on some level true in the like parasite way of mm-hmm. like, oh, of course she's nice, she's rich. Like mm-hmm. why wouldn't she be nice? Mm-hmm. But I think in the other way, it's also the root cause of so much of the like sociopathic behavior of rich people yes because everything in your society is saying that you're happy and you're not happy and what does that do to a person you have all the things that are supposed to make you happy and you're not happy and you're not happy the way like very rich people uh view everything as like like they're playing barbies or something Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like everything is an accessory everything is like they're they're symbolic in control of it Mm -hmm. symbolic just, and you're just watching it. And that's the, again, the distinction between happiness and, and control. Of like, yeah. if the pursuit of control, I think, is a response to being unhappy or feeling unsafe. Mm-hmm. And it's an understandable one. Mm-hmm. And it's also one that is very rarely the most effective or useful strategy from a long view sense for like dealing with whatever that discomfort is. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The way that people avoid discomfort and uncomfortable feelings and which makes sense truths i mean that if we live in a world that to some level even if you're not part of a cult even if you're not in nexium or scientology like oh, we're all in a cult we're all in the cult of, of capitalism, capitalism which tells the gi- you the giant L- mlm the way that you 
exist in the world as a direct result of your merit. Mm-hmm. How hard you work, how smart you are, how well you navigate, like, the, the playing field. Mm-hmm. Like, all of these things are directly correlated to your value and worthiness mm-hmm. as a person. Mm-hmm. That's a cult. That's a cult. It's a cult. That's a cult. And so many things take the structure of like cults. white supremacy is a cult. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, white supremacy the, is a cult. The idea that you uh, internalize and then self self discipline according mm-hmm. to these rules that say any negative somatic experience you have is your responsibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it trains you to tolerate more and more things in your environment, more and more things that make you uncomfortable because yes. you're getting better and better at, at self control, self denial. Yes. Mm-hmm. self-suppression and how that's reinforced how good it's reinforced no shade to any earth signs listening but i feel like this is why earth signs are really good at working yeah because they can turn that shit off i mean uh, cap risings here yes cap risings yes. yes i have the superficial sheen of an earth sign yeah i have earth sign aura earth sign aura but i'm not i actually can't turn any of my emotions off mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. my whole chart is leo libra I'm yeah. feeling everything very dramatically all the time. <laughs> very dramatically. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Very different experience. Which I do think is part of the, like, that entitlement to to being comfortable. I think the word entitlement, for a lot of obvious reasons, is a loaded one. Mm-hmm. But, like, when I think about what that's looked like for me in my history of my life, mm-hmm. how I've avoided buying into some of these cults, mm-hmm. has in large part been because of... Uh, like the silver lining of ableism and being Mm -hmm. undiagnosed neurodivergent Mm. for as long as I was Mm -hmm. and so not having language for why I couldn't do things that I didn't want to do Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, but just knowing that I couldn't Mm -hmm, and like mm -hmm. I'm not to say that every single person who has ADHD or an executive function disorder Mm -hmm. whatever Mm -hmm. has that same emotional experience or like opportunity fields mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. pathways available to them mm-hmm. but in my own personal life like a mm-hmm. big part of the reason why I have not had a career um in a way that I think as someone who was like academically high achieving mm-hmm. was a really tough pill to swallow of mm-hmm. like oh I don't have that I don't think I ever will because I don't think I actually want it even though my entire life has been built around the idea that I'll someday have it mm-hmm. like that didn't really feel like a choice mm-hmm. to me that felt like if I keep trying to do this, I'm going to die. Yeah. Like, I'm going to die if I keep trying to do this. It makes me so miserable. Mm-hmm. And I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. That, mm-hmm. like, having having the experience of that tarot reading that was, like, you can mm-hmm. either be broke mm-hmm. and doing what you want mm-hmm. or you can be still broke and hate your life. Mm-hmm. Like, marginally less broke. Yeah. And hate your life. Which one? Like, oh, my God, easiest choice in the world. Mm-hmm. easiest choice in the world to mm-hmm. me personally mm-hmm. 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 but if the stakes of that are different if it's like like I'm thinking about so we watched Seduced yeah that Nexium documentary mm-hmm. I'm thinking about oh, God. yeah I'm thinking Horrible. about the main um, the main survivor that they follow from like the person who's essentially narrating the, yeah. the miniseries mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like in some ways, it's so hard to wrap your head around. How does, like, a, a rich, pretty, blonde girl end up in such a vulnerable... You know what I mean? Like, oh, you've, well, got, you've right. got all the mm-hmm. all of the protective factors in the world mm-hmm. for not being broken into this abusive but, dynamic. But all those people at that 
class are in some level that kind of person because capitalism is a cult. You know what I mean? Like, well, and that's what I was going to say is that I think on some level, like the ability to buy into any of that stuff yeah. really comes down to like physiologically, emotionally, mm-hmm. how how strong is your muscle of denial? Like, right. how good are you at... Because... And if she was a child of Hollywood, like we were talking about, oh my God, Woody Allen. Oh, Jesus. So, like, we were talking about that, but just thinking of children of Hollywood, right? Mm-hmm. Like, she was born, and clearly, clearly there's some mom stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're growing up in an environment of that is already... It's so normalized. You, like, grow up, you're not going to somatically respond to these things that are t- are meant to be somatically responded to because nobody is responding to well, them. Well, and then it's also, I think a lot of it comes down to what is the version of an adult that you as a child were mm-hmm. trained that you were supposed to be? What is the version yeah. of adulthood that you as a young person were indoctrinated yeah. into? This is what it looks like to be a grown-up. Because I think depending on how closely that aligns with the goals of capitalism mm-hmm. is, like, a one-to-one correlation with how vulnerable you are to MLMs, right. to cults mm-hmm. figures, to, mm-hmm. like, religious extremists. Mm-hmm. ideology like things that are going to give you the answers yeah to what is actually a very deep somatic fear it's like this body anxiety mm-hmm. about frankly it's death denial it's like you don't mm-hmm. want to believe that you will die and that you might die and things might be meaningless and so this is by some strange series of events this mm-hmm. is what gets you to being a flat earther yeah <laughs> like <laughs> by some twisting by some- by some twisting yes, that way, is. this is what gets you to being a flat earther. Mm-hmm, this is what gets mm-hmm. you into, again, having this group experience, you and your little conspiracy friends online. Mm-hmm. And you just... And coming with an organizing philosophy of the world that then allows you to be the version of an adult that you think you're supposed to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is sheeple. Mm-hmm. You're in the know. Mm-hmm. You're smarter than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And there are all these other people who want to do that. You know what I mean? You, you should watch the Flat Earther documentary on Netflix because it really just, it really shows you the cult part of it. it. The cult it of personality of the, of the people who basically run yeah. the show. To, just to, to cite our sources, the mm-hmm. other YouTube documentary that we watched together uh-huh. um, is called In Search of a Flat Earth mm-hmm. by Dan Olson. His mm-hmm. YouTube channel is called Holding Ideas. So good. Great essay. Um, very useful look at the kind of psychology of flat earth and really the QAnon mm-hmm. online conspiracy theory cult mm-hmm. kind of stuff mm-hmm. um, which was a big part of why we decided to do this episode I feel mm-hmm. like this was something that was coming up in a lot of different media right yeah, now yeah areas of life mm-hmm. I mean I think because we talked about this last time mm-hmm. too that like there's a current preoccupation with cult stories mm-hmm. in a way that I think is revealing mm-hmm. of the anxieties and the experiences that people are having right now, mm-hmm. which is I think there is more vulnerability to that kind of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. logic and rhetoric than there ever has been in human history because mm-hmm. of the internet. Mm-hmm. Like, so mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. some level, mm-hmm. we're all obsessed with it because we all can know it's happening yeah we can us. resonate with yeah. it, some level of it yeah it's it's hitting and know? self-crit you know what i mean i've been oh my involved God. in the cult yes. the cult of an abusive relationship uh-huh i was about to say that's a cult if you live in society you live have been in a cult in if you, this western world if you are a woman <laughs> and you've ever dated heterosexually you've been in a cult yeah you, oh my god <laughs> oh my god it took a long time i was literally I, so many grew up like, in a church com- cult. Oh, cult 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 which, I mean, we've been using the word cult a lot. Maybe we should 
decide De- how de- we're defining it. Because yeah, I think the technical definition of cult is like there's a that you believe in a living deity. That they, like, is that is that true, or is it like a, a urban cult. dictionary fact? According to my quick Google, a system of religious veneration and devotion directed towards a particular figure or object. A Guys, relatively here's how small she sounded group. that out. That's because she's going syllable by syllable <laughs> because she can barely read. <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> Okay, I, when I got my ADHD test, literally on the write-up, it was like, Miss Shiflet clearly, what was it? Can't fucking talk? Yeah, that's what it said on your medical was, document. That the was test, the subtext. You the subtext. clicked on the button and it said, beep, 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 you can't fucking talk. can't <laughs> fucking talk. God. I mean. I don't know how many letters are in the word umbrella because I can't spell to it. To normalize. <laughs> To normalize brain damage, I will reveal that when I took my ADHD test, I scored in literally the bottom percentile, the absolute worst percentile that you can score for working and long-term memory. Yeah. I don't remember what I just said. I know. You don't. I have no idea. <laughs> Sometimes we do have goldfish conversations. I'm like, we just talked, we, we just had Literally this the other day when I was like, you never answered my question. Oh, yeah. You answered five minutes ago. Oh, yeah. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay, wait. A relatively small group of people having religious beliefs or practices regarded by others as strange or sinister. Sinister? A misplaced yeah. or excessive admiration for a, a misplaced, <laughs> which is what we're talking about, Jones really. Jones Massacre. A misplaced, misplaced. Or excessive admiration for a particular person or thing. I mean, it is misplaced. You're talking about this, you're having an existential death fear and you're misplacing it. You're allowing you're yourself saying, to just. You're saying, will you be my mommy? Yes. Will you be my daddy? Yes. Like, <laughs> that is the part that is like, oh, everyone is projecting their childhood what things What is the cult of Trump? Level. I yes, Daddy, watch me twirl. Yes, that Nexium documentary really put that shit into perspective. Mm-hmm. Because oh, Daddy, things, watch me twirl. Oh, the things my that God. he would say oh, that God. came out of his mouth, just oh, bald my face. God, I will say. So I listened to a documentary about Nexium. Mm-hmm. I read a couple articles about Nexium, and then mm-hmm. we watched this four-part miniseries together. Mm-hmm. I had never heard that much of him talking in any of those other pieces of media. It was. I had not really understood the depth to which this. Guy was a fucking crazy person until watching these. They have all of this footage that he recorded for his own. Mm -hmm. Because he was like, this looks good for me. But And it's like we talked about the, which is also, what? This looks good for you? Like, how? And also, like we talked about watching it, hearing him say some of that stuff did decrease my level of compassion and empathy for that girl. Because, yeah, I can understand who among us has not been in a cult. And... Oh my God! Like, at what point? Uh, uh, where's your line? Where's your line? And where's that's line? why. What's her face? She's is probably getting a charged. What's her face? What? Who's the Allison actor? Mack? Allison I don't think Mack. I. I don't know that Allison Mack is. A, I don't know her. Well, right. She seems so like, obviously. I, think, I don't know that you were a victim, lady. I think you. No, were really, she was not. You were very sadistically enjoying the things that you were doing. She, yeah. You were like, wait, but to see how close the other. Well, that Woman she right, that she was on the verge of that her line was very close to being crossed. And again, I keep again she to grow up in that world 
to be so young. She was a girl when it when right, she wasn't she like nineteen twenty yes. years old? Well, so that's another so thing. So that's also so what are the risk factors so... for being in a cult? Well, if you're yes. developmentally either in that pre twenty five mm-hmm. age mm-hmm. range, or if you have arrested emotional development for a number of other reasons, right. and mm-hmm. you're in that mental and emotional space. Mm-hmm. Like it very much is a, a appeal to authority in that mm-hmm. sense, and a, and a response to authority that I think is mm-hmm. partially informed by brain wiring stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that the the assumption that maintaining connection is more important than confrontation or being mm-hmm. uncomfortable, like, and also that those two things can't coexist. Yes, that like they, it's they very are separate. White supremacy mm-hmm. logic of yes. like if there is any amount of conflict, that means. Mm-hmm. irreparable harm irreparable and um, also con- what is conflict what's violence yes um well and i'm thinking too about mm. so the the most shocking things that he said were things that he was saying at these like fifteen thousand dollar week-long retreats there were so many people, people well, in a room so many people not a mask you know, inside you could have a hundred <laughs> people in a room no, and not can't. one of not, them was you like can't wait because a COVID. Um, <laughs> well right well, don't but yes so that well here's the thing so the only way that you get to be in that room mm-hmm. is if you've been in 10 rooms before that where you've heard, heard progressively more yes. shocking things like yes. it's a self-selecting population who ends up in that audience yes. and when once you're in that audience even if you are the one person in that room of 100 people who's like oh my god did this person just talk about it is that experiment babies? of like if what you, am i watching right now yes. what am i experiencing right now well, it's like that. What's that experiment of yeah. like the line? The, the line, Which line is longer. Yes. yes. If you you put like six people in a room, you put a square on the wall, and you have five people be told you to say it's a circle. Right. The last person will say it's a circle, even though they know it's a square. Because we have a deep yeah. psychological, yeah. physiological yeah. need to be accepted and to be part of the group. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think that the ability to the, the capacity for self-denial exists in us because it is an adaptive quality. Mm-hmm. It helps us to fit into society if we are able to deny the parts of ourselves that are not in line with what society's expectations are. Yes, and it's just so fascinating though that how that logic and that knowledge does get twisted the other way. Like, that's the same thing that, like, also can get QAnon pe- into people into QAnon. The idea of, like, the, they're lying to you. Like, people well, are... Yes. Pe- you're the one who knows, not everybody else. Yeah. Yes. Yes terrible it's also hard to fathom like the youtube guy for example what's onision 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 it is hard for me to fathom why a person like that does what they do like even though i'm watching them do it i'm like but why are you do it like it makes sense it does but it's it also, adaptive behavior it is like but it also like blows my mind well, because yeah. i'm like how how because you have an empathy part of yes because yes. you can like can't even see people. it <laughs> and and i don't understand how people still engage like how the the amount of people that engage with his content well i think a large part of that is because he has a huge fan base of children literal yeah. children um mm-hmm. who are not engaged with the, anything the controversy around his life oh mm-hmm. we got we got some sirens going by maybe just wait wheel wheel maybe cut okay, it out yeah cut this out Caleb. yep cut it out oh my god we get it there's an emergency <laughs> can you just hurry up please here i know um, <laughs> you're gonna have to oh god Okay, thanks. 
for Tiki. Oh my god, Wii U, Wii U. Okay. Wii U, Wii U. Listen, someone's in trouble. <gasps> What's that, girl? Oh my god. Somebody's in trouble? <laughs> Little titty fell out of well. Uh-huh. Um, so, yes, there are most of his followers are probably children. Well, I mean, I would be interested. So, Onision is a YouTuber. He absolutely is a cultist in his own special, special way. Yeah. He's got millions of subscribers who enable... His, will fund his life and also enable his predatory behavior. And also he is, he really is like literally just white, but I can see exactly why people are like, oh, he's so hot. Right. It's like, oh. Well, I can see, I can see why he is, has dated a string of 16-year-old girls because yes. he looks like the kind of he looks, yes. girl, guy. Yes. You know what I'm trying to say. Yes. So anyways, the point of this all being that, um, well, I was going to say, I've watched, like, several hours of content uh-huh. about this person. Mm-hmm. I'd be interested to hear you kind of summarize for our listeners, like, what's your understanding of this story? Because you just started looking into it a couple days ago. Um, like, when did we first talk about When this? we first talked about it and you told me about them. Yeah. Um, so and that. then I was like, oh, that's the I'm a banana guy. Right, which I was not familiar with the banana song. So I'm not so going to So if anyone it. here remembers the banana yeah, guy, he, that's um, Onision. Banana. Yeah. He's Terrible. a predator. Yeah, predator. He's a banana guy. Don't He's a sexual predator. To that video. Don't stream it. Even in, yeah. But, so, I watched a YouTube video essay last night, and it's a few parts, but it really starts off from his early life, because he literally has, like, a whole Wikipedia journal about himself mm-hmm. that he wrote. It's he so... He started a religion when he was a teenager. Yes. He is so unbelievably, like narcissistic god complex god complex complex. like little white boy god one yes i'm amazed that he hasn't i don't know i was gonna say that he hasn't built for men like him yes i was gonna say i'm amazed he hasn't but maybe he has what did you say what did you say what did you say this is an asmr part of the podcast (laughs) (laughs) i don't want that to be an asmr yeah but he seems very, but he's, he's very scary. And he looks scary. I'm like scared of his He reminds face. me so much of my college ex-boyfriend. How depressing is well, that? Well, there, but like, that, there it is, you know. Uh, even I, down to the way that he looks in this way where yeah. I was like, how did I not recognize at the time that this dude had serial killer eyes? Like. No, same. Yeah. He has serial killer eyes. But that's part of it. It's part of it. We want the serial killer eye. And also, it's this idea of, again, the things you get away with as a white man. The extension of... Oh, you want to talk about funny games? Oh, my God. The extension of goodwill. Let's talk about the cult of whiteness and how it could get you fucked up. Literally. So, in funny games, spoilers if you don't want to be spoiled, but... um, Excellent film. Excellent movie. Worth watching. Spoilers or no. Yeah. I think I told you half the shit that was going to happen, and you were still like... Yeah, and I was... I was screaming. I would watch it again just because I was... She was so upset. I was so upset She was like, are you fucking kidding me? I was screaming at my television the whole time. So mad. So, we watched the American version. Um, Oh, we should watch the German one. Um, I don't like it as much, but we should watch it. I would just like to... Just to I mean, it's shot for shot remake, but yes, yes, yes. I understand. But the way it is because it's American whiteness is so... So American. It's so American. So it is a home invasion movie, but the best one. But and they don't even... They don't break in. Well, right. They don't break in, and this is the thing. So they drive... So Naomi Watts is this, like, 
Pollyannish white lady. Oh God! These it's this it's this the world's widest couple. The world's going widest on the family. The widest vacation. Going to they're going to their vacation home on the lake. Yes, for their summer. For their summer, living their li- so going to the nice. Hamptons, hun, whatever. So nice. So going nice. down the shore. Yes. <laughs> and this this boy, this like set nineteen at the oldest. I yeah. don't know how old. Clearly teenager. Teenage yeah. boy, blonde, looks like a the Clockwork Orange motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like well, to me, like so clearly, you look like the guy from that movie. Right. And he's like, sorry, but man. He's wearing like a golf. He's wearing oh, all white. He's wearing, he's wearing a golf all outfit. White. He's got and it's like golf gloves it's, on. it's all during the day, and yeah. he's just like, I'm sorry. Uh, I just need to get like some sugar for the neighbor down eggs, there. Yes. Eggs. Eggs. Right. And they do this whole bit with the eggs. Yeah. It's very clearly creepy. Your whole she's clearly uncomfortable it is uncomfortable but she allows it anyway and she's all nice nice and polite because when they drove into their house they saw these guys on their neighbor's lawn because guess what they were torturing they were murdering they were murdering the neighbors they didn't know that (laughs) but they were just like oh the neighbors are being kind of weird but yeah oh okay who were those guys that were with the neighbors who were those guys yeah and the the way that they are able to break into this home without breaking in essentially oh, is with this terrifying. very gradual process mm-hmm. of B- crossing of pushing boundaries. boundaries pushing boundaries and her just being and like her sure. self-disciplining <laughs> sure. self-controlling so, yes. self-denial even though it's all over that she wants it to be over whereas at one point uh-huh. and we were like turning to each other and being like there is a man that you don't know in, in your, your house, house holding a golf club and you're like, you're not that. screaming. You're not reacting Why to are it. You screaming? You're saying, excuse me, I would very much like it if you left. She literally, that's like, when she was the most assertive. And then she's saying, could you please leave? Right. Like, are you joking? Which, oh my God. And then her husband comes down and is like, oh, oh. I'm, these, I'm so sorry that my wife's so sorry that so my wife's hysterical. It's and hysterical, then, bitch. Like, and they're like, we're so sorry, sir. Like, we didn't mean to. And then sorry. they do their little chump things. And guess what? Then he s- hits him with the fucking golf well, club. spoilers, but yeah. Spoil- I did say spoiler. I mean... And also, it's a home invasion. I mean, spoiler alert, they do some murders. Yeah. You will still be on the edge of your fucking seat. Because shit like that, that tension, ah. Because it's it's unbelievable. Because it's It's so so familiar. familiar. Because I'm like, fuck, how many times have I done that? Have I done that? How many times have I found Mm. myself in a situation where I feel Uh like I suddenly come to, and I'm like, wait a minute, how have I allowed myself to get this uncomfortable Mm -hmm. without registering it until this exact moment? Yeah. And the problem with that, uh, the, the human impulse towards shame mm-hmm. is that a lot of times that realization comes hand in hand with oh my god I can't let anybody know that I've made a mistake this big I've mm-hmm. got to double down on mm-hmm. the thing that I'm doing the, yeah. the thing that I'm uncomfortable with that I've gotten involved in I need to like extra rationalize it mm-hmm. and that's how people I have stuck to in cults. the cognitive dissonance yes because yes. the stakes of being wrong are so, so high, high and they get higher and higher the more of those boundaries get crossed, the more of yourself you give away mm-hmm. and then you S word at 50. Right. And then you Willie Loman. You death of a salesman. Excuse me. Yes. Ew. What? Sorry, I didn't mean to. Yeah. Yeah. So your reading list for today. Uh-huh. <laughs> Make sure you watch Death of a Sa- watch or read Death of a Salesman. Mm-hmm. Um, watch or read what else are we talk about? Oh, watch Funny Games. Funny Games. Oh, I'm thinking. Watch a documentary about Flat Earth. Watch a documentary about Onision. Mm-hmm. Literally, like and it and it is that thing of we were saying in the beginning of the idea that the confrontation of your feeling and a relationship can exist simultaneously. That you that that the the belief of it is actually better to know like it's better to like 
clarify and know if a person is going to cross your boundaries or not. Rather oh, than the devil like, you know. Yeah. But it is, but like, it, that's actually, not, it's just not true. That's the part that's like, it's not true. If you're willing to consistently right. and continuously not do the thing where you, you know, are right. just being polite, nice. I mean, this is the thing that I talk pleasing. about a lot in, in workshops of, mm-hmm. and in one-on-ones with clients too, where like, I think this is a question that took me until I was maybe 25 to ask myself really directly. And then mm-hmm. a lot of people go their whole lives without asking themselves directly, I mean, yeah. which is, Okay. There's a conflict between what would feel good uh-huh. and what the right thing to do is. Yeah. Cool. Accept that. There's uh-huh. a conflict between those two things. Uh-huh. Even if the thing that I want to do that would feel good is not the right thing to do, uh-huh. why would I not do it? Uh-huh. You don't get graded at the end. Uh-huh. There's no extra credit for doing things the right way. Uh-huh. There's no guarantee that doing things the right way is going to lead to the outcome that you think it is. Yeah. So in what universe does it make sense to say, I'm going to choose to be uncomfortable uh-huh. because there will be pie in the sky when I die. And uh-huh. not not just when you die, but it's Protestant work ethic. It's, yeah. oh, I work hard now so I can play hard later. I do the hard stuff now. I sacrifice now so that uh-huh. later I can enjoy things and have later, later, later. Yeah, later, later. Who does that benefit? Yeah. And what's the point? You get hit by a bus tomorrow. What was it for? Yeah. What was it for? What was it for? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that all there is yeah. to a fire? Is that all there is? Is that all there is? Listen to the Is That song also. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But it's hard. It is, it is a cha- it, Like you said, some people go their whole lives not being able to look at it because the implications feel so terrifying well and because somatically it's it's literally body wise it is intolerable Mm -hmm. and again as someone who has experienced that at Mm -hmm. different points in my life I have a lot of empathy for it that Mm -hmm. like it can be really hard to acknowledge things that you feel ashamed about or Mm -hmm. afraid of Mm -hmm. when your physical response to it is like I'm sweating I've stopped breathing like you know what I mean my Mm -hmm. whole body is tense I am flooded with adrenaline Mm -hmm. like everything about this is making me want to Fight, flight, freeze, yeah. shut down. You know, like, yeah. it's it's too much. It's overwhelming. It is. And that's why it's so important to create environments that allow you to have the somatic states that encourage rest. Right. I was thinking about this earlier, actually, that when we were talking about this kind of, like, loneliness and emotional manipulation that happens in the, in the cult context of, like, so much of that so much of what makes people vulnerable to Mm -hmm. that kind of manipulation Mm -hmm. is specifically uh, a kind of fear activation that is very, um, it promotes defensive behavior, triggers Mm -hmm. the amygdala. Like Mm -hmm. it makes us want to, it's our, that's what people sometimes refer to as like reptile brain stuff. Mm -hmm. brain. And that, um, so I'm going to get a little technical here, but like polyvagal theory, it's one way of understanding our emotional physiology. Mm -hmm. Um, Basically, there's this idea that there's a couple of different shifting switches and knobs in your nervous system that Mm -hmm. are collaborating to create these different somatic states. Mm -hmm. And that the somatic state uh, that is like most optimal, that we experience as most pleasurable, Mm -hmm. is a somatic state where we feel activated, meaning Mm -hmm. something is happening. Mm Mm-hmm. But we're, our parasympathetic nervous system is giving us signals that we are safe mm-hmm. and allowing us to inhibit defensive behavior. So it's not that these polyvagal states are like promoting mm-hmm. pro-social behavior. Mm-hmm. It's that it allows you to be 
involved in something, to be present in something, mm-hmm. without also experiencing like every every amount of activation or stress, good or bad, mm-hmm. turns on this fear response. That's like things are dangerous. I need to protect myself mm-hmm. through finding control or through finding daddy. Mm-hmm. Like that's the <laughs> those are my two options. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I I just simply wonder like how much of that is because that because so much of it is physiological Mm -hmm. like I don't know I just wonder I wonder if that's something if that's a muscle that you can train like indefinitely in life or if it's like other things where like there's a developmental there's a period of time where your brain is putty and Mm -hmm. you can really learn that and learn that skill like Mm -hmm. physiologically and Mm -hmm. and get it Mm -hmm. or you can like try and do it later Mm -hmm. and it'll be much harder and shallower just Mm -hmm. by virtue of like you know your brain is I mean we talked about this before like there's some QAnon people where it's like how do you come how do you get off that ledge well, I think part of it is that it's it. I, I think it's possible, but not necessarily in the world as we know it, because like so many things would have to stop reinforcing well, this true. behavior. But it's not no more capitalism, no more white supremacy. Yes, yeah. like I think yes. Like imagine if there was one day just no more money. Like the way that that would adjust, the way that people would have to. I don't know, but I don't know. Uh, I do think it's possible, though, for people to learn. And I think it does get more... It is challenging the older you get, too, just because you have more experiences, again, where that has been historically reinforced. reinforced. Like, there's always going to be that external reinforcement of, like, we live in a society, and, like, how often was it actually reinforced in your subjective timeline is another thing. I'm, like, thinking about... um, Because I I have... Uh, people in my life who uh-huh. also have ADHD who uh-huh. weren't diagnosed uh-huh. um, until adulthood. Uh-huh. And actually, somebody who was diagnosed as a young person and was medicated as a young person. And I think uh-huh. for a variety of reasons that these were people who were able to get some level of, either, I'm not sure if it's that they were able to get something out of doing it that I wasn't, or if there was just a level of audacity that I had in like, I don't know, taking some of the risks that I took. The level of impulsiveness in taking some of the risks that I took. Yeah. um, Of, like... Like, for example, Uh when someone is, like, authoritarian or, like, yelling at me, whatever, my response is usually, I don't find that motivating. Like, that's actually not a strategy that's going to be motivating to me. Yeah. Like, that is not going to get me to do what you want me to do. No, and I think that fundamental reality is, yeah. like, that's not that's not motivating to me to such an extent that, like, I, I think that without that, I don't think you can participate in mm-hmm. capitalism yeah. in that mm-hmm. way. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think you can do it the on way that you're, level, quote, unquote, yeah. supposed to. Yeah. Because if you don't believe yeah. that on some level, then, like, why would you do any of the things that, that selling your labor requires you to do, yeah. that participating in capitalism requires you to do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 And I, I don't say this as though it makes me like a better person than other people. The mm. reason why I can't, why it's not motivating for me, is because I experienced it so much as a young person that it immediately right. puts me into like a state of psychological, yeah. and somatic distress. Right, right, right. In the same way that I'm sure some of the decisions that I've made in my life would uh-huh. immediately put other people into in. a state of physiological and somatic yes, distress. Yes, exactly. I've made a lot of crazy decisions, yeah. y'all. It's yeah. Everybody's got their we all got their our stuff. stuff. Yeah, everyone's got their stuff. 
friends got their little their little Okay. I don't know what just happened. I was like all cozied up in her. I'm kind of like, cold. Tea. I'm trying to, uh-huh. <laughs> to warm myself up. In okay, Nabushka. Yeah. True, true. Um, yeah. So cults. 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 Is there any other cults that we want to talk about? I think we mostly were just going to talk about the fact that all these cults have the same, they work on the same technology. They're they using do. all the same strategies. It's actually quite boring. Once you cotton on to this so stuff, boring. it is actually very boring. Cotton on. Remember we talked about cotton on? Yeah. Wow. Cotton on. TBT. Cotton on. To clarify for Interesting everyone. Interesting history around cotton it's on. It's C-O-T-T-O-N, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. not C-A-U-G-H-T-E-N, which is what Al thought I said the first time I said it. Because I've never heard the term. I didn't know cotton. Cotton. cotton on. Cotton on. Never... I think it's a southern thing. Yeah. Cotton on. Cotton on. Uh, I'm but familiar. yeah, once you've cotton on to something. But not cotton on. Remember but cotton. not cotton. Yeah, mm-hmm. because that's not it's <laughs> not a thing that I would ever say. <laughs> cotton on. Um, cotton. Okay. Um, Put my pencil down. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <coughs> okay. <laughs> I will. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so you do find that motivating. <laughs> I don't, but I simply am, am uh-huh. not an escalator. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm a de-escalator. Yeah, we diffuse. Mm-hmm. We like to diffuse things. Yeah. Um, the Air Moon household. I, I yelled at a man at the grocery store you did. the other day. I screamed you at a man. You did. And I'm, uh, I like remember hearing his half of the interaction and being like whoa i wonder who that dude's fighting with <laughs> and you yelling at him and being like oh okay <laughs> sorry i'm with her <laughs> uh-huh. yeah yeah yep meanwhile uh-huh i don't yell and the last t- the last time i memorably yelled at somebody i threw up yeah <laughs> meanwhile but you're the mean princess but i'm mean princess when it's like that's I'm why it's literally funny. i'm literally incapable it makes literally. me sick it makes me fucking sick i would be throwing up i would be vomiting if i actually didn't respect you as a person out i would be throwing up <laughs> i would just be i dying. would just be projectile vomiting mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god i'm nothing if not honest true and you you have a you're attuned with your gut listen yeah <laughs> it's very I would say to a fault. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, it's it's sometimes an overwhelming relationship. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes the most important relationships are right. Uh, in terms of not being in a cult. Listen. Yeah. Listen. Like, I'm pretty proud of myself. Again, like, <laughs> all things considered. You said that some the you know you yelled at someone you threw up. That was a bad person to be with, and that's well, yes, how you we broke up that, shortly after. Yeah, yeah, that's how you learn a lesson. Right. That we've talked about. That I'm like, yeah. Simply, and I was like, oh, I, I don't want to be in a relationship that, that makes me feel that way. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't really care if this, I don't care if you're wrong or I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. That actually stops mattering at this point because, like, I, I threw feel up. this way. I yeah. threw up. Are you kidding me? I'm mm-hmm. done. Like, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> and that's just the way it is. And that's the <laughs> way it is. That's the way it is. That's the way it is. <laughs> Wait, yeah, who the give fuck it to thinks him. that's Celine all? Dion. Oh, my God. Canadian that's the way it is. Wow. Wow. She did the Titanic song too. She did do the Titanic. She did all, She has a lot of classics. She's an icon. There was. She's uh, a. I spent a, a summer in Eritrea 
when my mom got married, Mm -hmm. and this was before, like, media streamed, so Uh I had, like, three DVDs and three CDs to get me through the entire summer, and one of them was the Celine Dion Greatest Hits album. Oh. I listened to it so many times that when I hear any of those songs, it immediately, I'm, like, back on that couch. Like, I'm back on the couch. I'm, like, in the, I'm, like, there. I'm there. (laughs) I'm there. that's the way it is. (laughs) I'm there. <laughs> you know? Wow. What is her greatest hit? Is it Heart Will Go On? Probably in terms of numbers. It's yeah, gotta be Heart see. Will Go On. On Spotify. What do they have here? Does Celine Dion have cult power? Cult personality? No. She's, no. She's I don't think she would use her power that way. No. So. Although, frankly, you never you never know. A lot of celebrities. Celebrity is a cult. It's all a cult. My Heart Will Go On is number one on her Spotify. Because You Loved Me, number two. Because you love Yeah, that was a song. The Power of Love. I forgot about that song. Wow. Um, it's all coming back to me now. It's all coming back. I feel like one of those commercials that would come on when you fell yeah. asleep in front of the TV. And, like, the songs scroll up and you get, like, a little ten-second snippet. Like... It is. All by myself? Like, all by Oh, my God, really? Uh-huh. That's Celine? Wow. Incredible. All of those songs are intrusive thoughts. I had no idea. It's All Coming Back She's to Me Now icon. is super intrusive thought. Like, at least uh, 20 times a day. Then when nights have endless pleasure... It's just, it's just the phrase, it's all coming back baby, to me now. Baby, baby. And when you kiss me like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, that was a great one. I'm so sorry for how much of this episode we've spent trying to sing Celine Dion. This is probably... I'm not. <laughs> Never apologize. Oh, my God. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> Don't apologize. Mm-hmm. I apologize for nothing. <laughs> I apologize for nothing. Um, do you have any more to say about cults? Do you want to take wrap this up, wrap this wrap this yeah. bad boy up? How long have we been recording? Uh, like an hour, but we also got to do a patron plug. Yep. Well, patron episode. We're gonna record. Oh, today. do you have time? Uh oh, maybe not. No, I could do it. Quick, I mean, quickly. Yeah. Do you want to just like keep recording and then cut it? Like we can cut it in post. You know what I mean? Well. Or do we need to start a new track? I was gonna say I feel like it'd be easier to just do. Oh that. right, because we, we don't want. Yeah. Yeah. But we will cut this out. But the, well, yeah. Uh-huh. Or Caleb, I don't know if you, yeah. if you're we hearing this. We should cut this out. If you're hearing this, cut this out. Okay, so anything uh-huh. else to say about cults or we're, we're good here? Um, I, have, I don't have anything more to say about cults. I'm just like generally thinking about, I was just thinking about how all these cults are <clears throat> around sexual abuse and sexual violence. Oh yeah, that's of all these mm-hmm. documentaries that we watch. The number of times that we turned to each other and we were like, "It's and it's all to get laid." It's like all it's to all get to get laid. All of these massive, complex, psychotic schemes to get laid, mm-hmm. which is a a very casual way to describe sexual abuse. But like yes. in the context of our whole society, like that is really emotionally that's what it comes down to like that's yes. what you're doing Just that's like what you're violently. doing that is what you are doing yeah for children. you've constructed for this children. entire reality because you desire this thing and you will do nothing like thinking about how uh the 
Harvey Weinstein stuff. Mm-hmm. And me too. And how, again, when watching the that next thing. The architecture of yeah. Hollywood was created, like, was developed. It's like in that. A, yes. And for so long in that it's actually but brand Harvey new Weinstein's that people actually are. an element of that. Yeah. That's a, an emblematic, like, iconic version of that thing that has been true of Hollywood since Forever. the inception of Hollywood. Forever. Forever. Hollywood was also like a pet. I sound oh like a fucking Oh my god. Ah, if anyone here is me, a, a. Hollywood is a pedophile. Comment. Well, it is. Yeah. If anyone here is a podcast person. Oh, you are because you listen to this podcast. Um, oh podcast rec. Uh, you must remember this great mm-hmm. podcast about the history of Hollywood. Talks about some real shit. Hollywood's really fucked up. Yeah. Uh, the world that we lived in is really fucked up. Mm-hmm. Which I, don't, I don't say to be like scary but to be frank about like i mean yeah this shit's fucked up it is it's we don't get anywhere by pretending it's not and i don't right and i don't think people really didn't kill himself Uh (laughs) uh-huh i don't think people really realize how you know fucked up again this is a a audio medium so you're gonna uh, have to i was just like (laughs) putting my hands together linking my fingers it's Uh all connected it's all connected connected. like talking about um woody allen and his that whole family drama is like that is uh, uh like I'm, sh- I have nothing to say. Speechless. Speechless of how that goes on. Yes, people still Speechless. work with Roman Polanski. Mm-hmm. People still work with Woody Allen. People Cults. still work with cult behavior. Because why is that? Why is it allowed? Why is it Money. normal? Everyone just decided Power. it was. Why we all have daddy issues? Right. It all goes. It's like these. Oh wow. Mm. Oh. Anyway, mm. that's it though. Well. Uh, so, in conclusion, um, Mm -hmm. we still don't have a formal outro. We really gotta get this. I feel like every episode we have one more thing that makes us a real podcast. So, maybe by episode 20 we'll, like, actually have our shit together. We are, therefore, we're real. You know? Okay, we have to be done. So, (laughs) um, if you're not already following us on Instagram, follow us on Instagram. It's emotionallabor. It's periods between all the syllables. Yes, Um, please. Our email is hey at emotionallabor.co, three Y's. Hey, like a little flirty hey, emotionallabor.co. C-O. Yikes. I said C-Y. Yeah, it's not it. C-O. I don't know what that is. And then emotionallabor.co is just our our website. Is there anything else? Uh, Thanks to Caleb for being our audio guy. Thanks to Nat for making our show art. Follow us. Subscribe on Patreon. Subscribe We're on literally Patreon. Literally, we have to Patreon. Record a Patreon episode right yeah. after we finish recording this. So it's gonna be how I catfish somebody, right? So if you want to hear that story, when I was a child, I was like twelve. Okay, don't oh, give what? the story away. It is for the patrons. No, I just want to. I don't want people Stop. to think I'm catfishing people as an adult. That's not a cool story. <sighs> okay, well, that's not cool. If you're an adult catfishing, catfishing people. is not cool. Yeah, Al's coming out anti-catfishing. Okay, <laughs> thank you, Al. That's Al's moral corner. Now, to wrap up the episode, <laughs> um, join our Patreon. It's patreon.com uh-huh. slash emotional underscore labor. Yes. And uh, it's pay what you want. Tiers start at $2. There, t- there is only That's one only tier. Two. It's $2, mm-hmm. but you can pay more if you want to. But, like, it's just $2. One tier. Because communism. Yeah. And we don't believe in hierarchies. No. This is a non-hierarchical polycule. patron patron Patroncule. So join our patron-cule and <laughs> uh, tell a friend and... We will talk to you guys soon. Send us questions if you have questions. It was fun to answer your questions. Yeah, please send us questions. Email. That was really nice. Thanks, pal. Thank you. What are we talking about next time? Do you know? Can't remember. Cool. Okay. Bye. Bye.